and learn, obviously, from the trip, but also from each other. And no one was there to try and put anyone in a box or prove a point. It was just a really good atmosphere. I've actually just had a bit of a read of your blog that you've uploaded. Uh, if people want to have a look, it's jeffwestlake.com. That's G-E-O-F-F, jeffwestlake.com. Uh, there at the website, you can see a, a great blog and some photos uh, with some of the highlights from uh, Jeff's tour. And you're, you're going to take a tour over to Israel at some stage too, aren't you, mate? Yeah, I plan to do that, and mm. um, and I'll tie it in with my core stuff uh, DVD material that um, I made it for nothing, zero dollars, with a, a student who was um, into filming. Uh, but I've been doing these camps and speaking and uh, giving people a, a good foundation for their faith uh, for about 20 years, and eventually thought we better record this. Yep. And um, uh, but then we're thinking with this trip to Israel, we might um, tie that material in on location. So you yep. know, things to do with Jesus' life and death and resurrection, and we'll do it in the actual spots. And uh, and we might even tie in the seven feasts of the Lord in the Old Testament as well. And, uh, yeah, so it should be... Uh, a pretty powerful time for us all, I think. Now, I've just had a bit of a look at uh, the blog that you put up there. There's some great photos, too. Uh, a photo of you at the battle in Syria, like we were talking about. Uh, a photo at the Western Wall. A photo outside the Garden Tomb. Uh, if people want to do have a look at that. Uh, it's just a, a, a great little blog uh, at jeffwestlake.com. Now, mate, for those who don't know about your ministry and what you do, like I said before, you speak in schools, camps, churches, conferences, and that kind of thing. Um, let's find out a bit of your story. Uh, firstly, you know, where were you raised and how, how did you become a Christian and everything? Here in WA, it's a little known secret. I was actually born in South Australia and raised in Victoria. <laughs> uh, but um, uh, it was a Christian family. My dad is a Baptist minister and uh, mum was a nurse. So they're both activists in their own way. Uh, and then when I was um, just a little tech, about eight years old, I remember, you know, being um, transfixed by the uh, image of Jesus walking along, carrying his cross, and had a really strong spiritual sense that he'd done this for me personally. And that was the first time I became personal. And uh, then I remember various other turning points at age 14 when I chose to get baptised. And um, then 18, I left home and went up to Western Australia, and I've been in WA ever since. And um, yeah, just milestones, I guess, of following um, God in maturing ways as I, I grew up. And then uh, in my 20th, 20th, 21st year, I got a call from God to go to uh, to study at Theological College. And uh, God seemed to leave it up to me, which one I chose. And I said, uh, what am I studying for? And, uh, and God impressed on me that he said, uh, I'm not going to tell you but I won't be a pastor in the normally accepted sense of the term, which I thought was a good thing because I didn't want to be a pastor like my dad. You know, it just seemed like all too much hard work for me. <laughs> and and uh, I, um, So I went to Baptist Theological College here in WA and, uh, and then for uh, about 10 years, partly concurrent with that, I was working with various churches, Baptist churches, as a youth minister and a student pastor, and then they uh, made me the senior pastor. And uh, all through that time, people have been saying to me, Jeff, you're, you're actually an evangelist more than a pastor. And I, I didn't want to associate with that word because it just seemed like, you know, white suits and bad comb-overs and obnoxious <laughs> finger-pointing. So I, I sort of rejected that idea. But um, after, you know, about eight years in the church, when they made me senior pastor, I knew that wasn't a fit because I 
had much less time to hang out with people outside the church, which is really where I suppose I would come alive. And uh, so I felt myself sort of dying on the inside. And uh, so stepped out of church ministry and went back driving trucks, which is what I'd done in Port Hedland. And then uh, during that time, uh, God, I guess, reconfigured me. And I, I realized one day, oh, you mean talking to people outside the church about Jesus? Is that what an evangelist is? Oh, well, yeah, I could do that. And um, so that was a moment of revelation, I suppose. And um, from then on, I um, started looking for how could I keep food on the table and still do this thing that, um, you know, I was passionate about. And uh, joined OAC Ministries, who I work for now, um, back in 1997. And I've been with them ever since. And, uh, yeah, that's how I got into it. And, mate, I noticed that, um, you know, you do motivational talks, you do seminars, school assemblies, graduations, uh, leader training. And when you speak, I know that you like to try and do a lot of creative stuff, you know, live art, music, uh, visual stuff and everything. Um, so when, like, just, just give us a, an example. So if you were speaking at a, at a high school assembly today, um, would they give you a topic to to speak on, or would you say, "Oh, this is what I like to speak on"? Like, how does how does that all work? It's a bit of both. Um, so I negotiate and tailor make things to the school, but often, you know, they just want someone to come in and, and take the lead and take the kids across some of the basics of the Christian faith, or you know, a particular life skill that relates back to the Christian faith. And uh, so that will have all been negotiated beforehand, and uh, then I'll go in with the topic um, and and I'll set up my gear and. Um, yeah, the kids will come in and there'll be 100 or 200 and I'll do my thing. And how do you find kids respond? Because, you know, they can say that uh, teenagers or school kids are some of the toughest crowds to keep their attention because they've got such short attention spans these days. Um, nah. how, how, do you manage to, how do you manage to keep them in the palm of your hand? <laughs> yeah, I don't think they've got such short attention spans. Um, maybe I get around that by having sort of these five-minute segments, you know, no longer than five minutes of... Uh, a story or a, um, a game or, uh, you know, something that relates to the topic and a sort of change method of presenting, if you like, um, yep. every couple of minutes. But um, sometimes I'll get into a into a zone with the kids and, and we'll just talk and, uh, and their faces are looking at me in a way that I, haunts me, I guess. Um, they're just so hungry for hearing a good word. Yeah. And uh, I think kids are actually, teenagers are easier these days than they were when I started out. That might reflect on me. But I think maybe there's a shift in the culture where kids have even less, or so so little background now in Christian things that it's all new to them. Yeah. And uh, they tend to listen respectfully. And and I, I think I have an advantage coming in as an outsider too because um, audiences tend to uh, suspend their preconceptions and judgments for a new face and a new voice and uh, if I can make a good impression early then um, they stick with me throughout the hour or so that I spend with them. And mate, um, you know, there's probably people listening right now, uh, you know, they say with Christian radio there's around about 40% of the listeners are unchurched um, so they mightn't attend church or they mightn't have a faith at all and they might have just stumbled across the radio station or, you know, people could be listening to this interview on iTunes or on the podcast anywhere around the world, you know. So, so mate, there's probably people listening that don't have a relationship with, with God through Jesus Christ and don't know what the gospel is. Uh, mate, just in a minute or two, do you want to just share with us, what, what is the core message of the gospel that you like to share for those who need to hear the good news? Uh, 
Well, without sugarcoating it with a, a good life skill uh, and all of those you know, great things that come along with Christianity, at its core, it's something that truly happened. It's a moment when God reaches into human history uh, in an undeniable way and does something for humans that we humans can't do for ourselves. God becomes a human being. He lives a human life. He dies in a way that draws all the sin out of us, all the bad stuff that we've ever done or thought or you know, failed to do. And all of that stuff for which we're culpable, he absorbs onto his own body on the cross. And then he dies for it to wash it away from us. And then you think, well, how do we know all that happened and he didn't just die? Well, the resurrection gives us a giant stamp of approval that he overcomes that sin and death and uh, he makes public display of those, those things and uh, and says, I have defeated those things. Now trust me, follow me. And you know what? This resurrection power that you just saw, I'm going to put that in you to help you live out the life I want you to live. And it's uh, that combination of things that all all um, coalesce. They all come together in the historical life of Jesus. That was one of the things about going to Israel is to see and touch the history of this massive event, the most important event to ever happen in human history. Um, you know, I knew it was true. I'd researched it. There's archaeology. Um, there's my own experience, spiritual experiences, relational experience with God, my practical experiences of living out this life. Um, there's even some scientific evidence for, you know, pointing towards the existence of God. But then, you know, as icing on the cake, to stand there and, and tangibly touch, you know, the the rocks and the stones and the buildings and be in the water where Jesus actually was and these events actually happened was um, just really exciting to be reminded again of, of these most important events in human history. It tells us that God really does care about us and uh, not just from a distance, but he comes right up close and personal spiritually, even in the present day, to help us live this whole thing out and help us finish our race. And I just think uh, the implications of that... Uh, well, they are life-changing, both this life and the next. Well, Jeff, mate, that's such a great explanation of the good news of Jesus. And I know after spending a week or so with you in Israel, I know uh, you don't just think it, you believe it, you live it. And uh, we had some great conversations on that bus talking about uh, the Lord between all the pastors on that trip. And, mate, I just wanted to say uh, I reckon you're a history maker and I pray the Lord continues to bless you and open doors for you uh, in schools and uh, churches. And uh, I know you speak in all sorts of community groups and everything. So, Jeff, is an outreach specialist in Christian education and community development with OAC Outreach and Church Ministries. If you'd like to find out more about his ministry, the website is jeffwestlake.com. That's G-E-O-F-F, westlake.com. And uh, you can find all the details there. We'll put a link to, to that as well on our website. It's been great to catch up with you again, Jeff, and uh, looking forward to uh, seeing how the Lord's going to use you in the future. And, uh, mate, thanks so much for your time today. God bless. You're welcome, Matt. See you. Thanks for joining us on History Makers. If you'd like to listen to this interview again, just go to historymakers.tv. There you'll find links to Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. You can subscribe to our iTunes podcast or check out our YouTube clips. And you can find out about History Makers TV. We are a faith-based ministry and we appreciate every donation. You know, the vision of History Makers is to share the good news of Jesus Christ to the nations of the world. If you'd like to partner with us, send us an email, info at historymakersradio.com. God bless you. Have an awesome day. I'm Matt Prater, and why don't you go and make history? History Makers. 
Order your flash drive with 20 of the best History Makers interviews now at historymakers.tv for just $19.95. All proceeds will help History Makers Radio and TV share the gospel all around the world. Order now at station sponsor, historymakers.tv. You'll hear interviews from Mark Burnett, producer of the Bible series and Survivor. Musicians like Paul Coleman, Mark Schultz and George McArdle from the Little River Band. Also Kate Brax, winner of MasterChef 2011, former Olympian Elka Whalen and many more. Order now at historymakers.tv.